This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio in London or online at funkidslive.com. Chemistry and art with the Royal Society of Chemistry. Hi there. I'm at the National Gallery with school. We're looking at art through the ages, you see. Today, we're learning about impressionist art. I thought an impressionist was someone who was like a comedian doing funny voices. This is just a load of old dots. I get the impression you're not that impressed with this spotty lot, right? <laughs> did you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, very funny. You're spot on, though. <laughs> see? I can do it too. OK, I can see dots, but I can't see any chemistry. Help me out, chemistry. Hold on. 19th century Paris. Here we come. The Impressionist style of painting started in France in the 1800s. Meet Pierre. He's an artist having a crack at the style for himself. Nice day for it. He's got his easel out in the sunshine. Well, painting outside was a new thing. During this century, colour chemists invented stacks of man-made paints and new technology meant it could be ready mixed up and stored in handy tubes. <laughs> Looks like toothpaste. Sort of. <laughs> Just not so tasty. Tubes made it super easy to take paint outside. Impressionists loved doing this. They called it painting in plain air, partly because they wanted to capture the way sunlight made things look. Looks like a beautiful painting. It's got ladies in their dresses and children playing. But stand a little closer and you can see things look very different. It's just a load of dots. That's what makes a painting an impressionist painting. Rather than swooshing paint around and mixing the colours on a canvas, artists use lots of dabs, dots and lines to create a picture. And they had to be very careful not to let the dabs of each colour squish into the other colours. That's well weird. There aren't that many different coloured dots. But the painting seems to be full of different shades when I stand further away. There's some clever science behind the effect. It's all to do with how colours are created and how our eyes and brains make sense of things. Come on, let's dip into the painting. Now, the colour that something appears to be is all down to the light. Just think of how different things look by moonlight compared to when you see them in daylight. When light shines on something, some of the light passes into the object, but some of it bounces back. And the amount of light that bounces back helps dictate the colour that the object appears to be. Come over this way, Karina. Uh, I can't see anything. That's because all the light energy is being absorbed. This must be some black paint. Scientists have recently created a substance that absorbs nearly all the light that shines on it. It's so black, you can hardly see it. At the other extreme, sometimes light energy passes right through an object and out the other side. This makes things look transparent, like a window. Now, normally things aren't so extreme, and it all gets a bit more crazy where colours are concerned. With most paints, some of the light energy is absorbed and some is reflected back to our eyes. Our brains make us see these effects as different colours. So our brain has a colour checklist. Like, that type of reflection looks blue, 
Incoming blue reflection. <laughs> yeah, you've got it. Light from the sun contains all the colours. The absorbed ones are left behind, and only the reflected ones are returned to our eyes. And colours are kind of just in our brains, then. Brains are brilliant at making sense of the world around us. But as well as working out colours, our brains can put together a picture from lots of little pieces of information it receives, like the dots on an impressionist painting. That's right. It's a bit like when you look at a cloud and see the shape of a rabbit. Your brain is always looking for patterns and shapes that it recognises. Let's get you back to the museum. There's one more thing I want to show you. The cool thing is that no two molecules will absorb or reflect light in exactly the same way. It's like they have a fingerprint. This really helps chemists when they're trying to conserve paintings. Check this out. Whoa, that's a pretty big microscope. Yeah, and what it's doing has a pretty big name. It's called energy dispersive X-ray microanalysis and scanning electron microscopy. Energy X-ray what? They call it EDX SEM for short. EDX SEM. I can cope with that. So what does it do? It fires a beam of light into a sample of paint. Scientists are then able to observe information coming back that tell them all sorts of things about the makeup of the paint. It's like looking at the fingerprint of the molecules inside the paint. But why do they need to know that much about the paint? Surely blue is blue, red is red, brown is brown. But if, for example, they find out that the brown contains bitumen, then they'll know that they mustn't use heat if they're trying to fix the painting. Bitumen has a habit of melting. Yeah, melting paintings aren't a good look. Oh, look at the time. I'd better get back to the impressionist gallery. Well, I get the impression you've got it. See you soon. Chemistry and art with the Royal Society of Chemistry. Find out more and get hands-on with chemistry at funkidslive.com/chemistry. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio in London or online at funkidslive.com. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet, led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.